I'm Tim Sietekater from the Florence School of Regulation. I'm here with uh, Vincent Duan, Senior Vice President from PGM. We are here today in Florence to talk about the zonal versus nodal electricity market design debate. So Vincent, nice uh, to welcome you in Florence. Thank, Thank you, you for Jim. coming Pleasure over. To be here. If I summarize the debate of, of this morning, there were three major concerns, European concerns, when we talk about going from our zonal model to a more nodal approach. Uh, the first concern was regarding liquidity. There were some people in the room who think or who say that if we go towards more nodal, we have issues with liquidity. What is your experience with PGM when they went from, from zonal to nodal? I think about 20 years ago. Did you face these issues and how about liquidity today? Uh, well, to be honest, liquidity has not been a problem at PGM and it's been growing over the 20-year period uh, and that's manifest itself in um, a lot of activity within PJM of uh, physical buyers and sellers, including what we call virtual traders, which are financial traders participating in our physical market, and also the uh, emergence of very vibrant and increasingly granular uh, secondary markets for derivative trading uh, specific to PJM nodes. So liquidity has been uh, a success story within PJM. And I, I think one of the points that uh, questions I have is uh, in response to this concern about liquidity, uh, locational marginal prices, it's widely regarded that they increase volatility. That's kind of a natural thing. But uh, my experience is trading and liquidity thrives on volatility. Where there's no volatility, you don't get liquidity, uh, certainly not uh, secondary market activity. So uh, LMP in reflecting the natural uh, pricing volatility associated with the electricity commodity actually attracts uh, traders uh, to participate because traders love volatility. Yes, and an important ratio in that regard, we already talked about as well, is kind of the, the amount of trades over the physical consumption or generation. I think in Europe, Germany, uh, Austrian Germany bidding zone was the champion. We're talking about near 10, I think. But I think in PGM, you, you, you mentioned that you didn't really have the statistics at hand, but it should be a similar number. Or... Uh, yeah, as similar or even greater, I would think. Uh, part of the challenge is that there's um, secondary market activity going on uh, all over the place. We don't see it necessarily at the uh, independent system operator point of view. We see the, the activity that occurs in our markets, but we know uh, in the NYMEX market, in the Intercontinental Exchange, there's a company uh, platform called Nodal Exchange, which is offering uh, instruments at a very nodal specific level in PJM, or on the PJM pricing points. Uh, so I think if you aggregate that up, we would expect to see, um, you know, multiples exceeding 10, and certainly at the major trading hubs, well in excess of 10 times what is physically transacting. And that's longer term? That's, uh, that's one, correct, yeah, yeah. Uh, over anywhere from uh, monthly to uh, multi-month and uh, you know up to three to five years, and yeah. then it begins to get into the bilateral markets. Okay. So the first issue is from the table. Um, the second concern is, is market power. Like if we go to more nodal approach, there might be this kind of load sockets or, or points where, where generation has a certain power as there are no competitors. Um, did you see any issues with that in, in the PGM market? Yeah, I think, Tim, that's a valid point. Uh, 
but it's not an insurmountable difficulty. And to be honest, I'm not sure you don't see the same type of uh, problem in a nodal market. But uh, the way that's effectively handled is we do, in PJM, have a very robust market monitoring function. And the requirements, uh, unless there really is competition behind that constraint, and that is a pretty stringent test, uh, something we call the three pivotal supplier test. So if there's a high degree of concentration, that test isn't met. And uh, participants uh, who would otherwise be able to exercise market power um, are required to offer in at their cost. So at that point, the market rules change. Uh, normally, we operate on an offer-based uh, security-constrained dispatch. There, it will become a cost-based uh, security-constrained dispatch uh, because the generators would be cost-capped. And that's like a, a local change. And then when, sir, when this requirement is met again, maybe there's some new investment or a change in the market structure, then we turn back to normal. Is that that's correct? correct. If the concentration is reduced, um, and uh, the sufficient opportunity for competition, we can keep uh, the, the opportunity there for those generators to offer in at their market or price-based offers as opposed to a cost-based offer. Okay, that seems to be very transparent because as already discussed this morning that market power is always there and it's not necessarily a function of how of you go, whether you go zonal or nodal. And the third issue is about uh, computational complexity. There were some uh, concerns that there are Euphemia, the, the algorithm which is used to couple the day-ahead markets in Europe, is already under stress mm. now with several new constraints and several countries being coupled to it. Uh, how, how is this computation done in PGM? Was it ever an issue to get it done in time? Well, computation is always put on the table as a, as a potential impediment. Um, and... I would say our experience, whether it's in the context of integrating new systems into PJM or introducing new products, um, it's always proven to be a, uh, an impediment that's been surmountable. We've been able to uh, address it, and usually without much of the concern that was theoretically presented at the outset. So it hasn't proven to be a major concern for us, and I think a lot of the a challenge really is, uh, is is a confusion between the complexity associated with a, a linear pricing approach to what is a non-convex mm. physical system that to me exists uh, in a zonal environment to the same degree as it would in a nodal environment and it's a separate set of issues it's a very valid set of mm. issues and it uh, is challenging in, in several levels, um, including at the computational level. But pricing transmission constraints, uh, even across a broad system, uh, at a pretty, you know, we have approximately 12,000 nodes in PJM, uh, that hasn't proven to be any additional added complexity that is, is fatal to, to the operation or has slowed down. Uh, in fact, we've decreased the clearing times uh, over the years as computational powers have increased too and technology has improved. So uh, I, t I, s I tend to think that at least in terms of the, the debate between nodal and and, uh, uh, and the zonal pricing is a bit of a red herring. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and you clear on a 15-minute basis or an hourly basis? No, we're now clearing on a five-minute basis. Five minutes, okay. Yeah. We're now we're still at one hour a day ahead. Mm -hmm. so, because that's also an argument that if you go more granular, then computation becomes even more an issue. But if you're already doing it at five minutes for... And that's now, a relatively uh, recent development for us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the technology was there. And to be honest, uh, you know, there were other independent system operators in PJ, uh, in the United States rather, that were a step ahead of us there. So we actually caught up and got down to five minutes. Is it ERCOT? No. I think ERCOT probably is. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't hold me to that, but I think uh, they are on a five-minute basis. Now, the prices may be integrated over the hour, but uh, you will settle them uh, for settlement purposes, but uh, they're clear on a five-minute basis. And then, then my second big question is we're talking, this morning we also talked a lot about costs and benefits. Mm. So was there any impact assessment done in PGM when you went from zonal to nodal? Like, in how many years did we recuperate the costs? Uh, were these benefits uh, marginal or were they really significant? Do you have any thoughts? Well, there, there may have been. I mean, it's a long time now because we have been running a... Uh, nodal markets since 1997, so we're, uh, we celebrated 20 years of that um, just last year. Um, what I do recall, and I wasn't uh, there at the time, but the operational challenges uh, associated with the zonal market that we did run at our inception um, as an independent system operator were so great um, that it was self-evident to people that um, the pricing uh, regime was creating misalignments from what the system operator really wanted to see. So we had generation that was self-scheduling when it made no economic sense for them to self-schedule. They had to be backed down. Other generation that should have been in the market wasn't coming in. They had to be manually instructed to, to ramp up or to, to come online. Um, it was creating uh, a lot of unnecessary uh, administrative uplift costs that uh, were, were solved very quickly. So our experience, I wish I could say we have a study and perhaps there was some work done at that point, but at this point in our history when we talk to people about it, uh, the, the, the answer I typically get is the problems were immediately apparent and were immediately resolved once we went from zonal to nodal. Yeah. And then, then my, my last question, which is more of a, a remark. So one idea brought up here also was that, okay, in, in Europe, maybe we first went for a kind of a geographical integration. We coupled many countries, while in the U.S. went more directly for a kind of more advanced pricing, going from, from zonal to nodal. And then, but the integration was not to the same extent as it is in, in Europe. So do you see any issues with the kind of integrating over different systems, like maybe with your neighbor MISO? Uh, how do you do that today? Is that possible with different nodal systems next to each other? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly theoretical, theoretically possible. We really don't have an example in the United States where uh, two nodal systems have come together and, and consolidated into one, uh, although there's been talk about the efficiency gains that would come from that, and I have no doubt that that's correct. Um, and as you're probably aware, we have other parts of the United States that are, are in a very traditional mm -hmm. non-market uh, environment. Um, I think that the big difference, um, and I think it's a valid uh, 
question that gets raised um, by the Europeans when they're considering a migration from zonal to nodal is how well that can be done under the existing governance structure, and in particular with the, uh, the preservation of a lot of uh, individual transmission operators, uh, balancing authority operators. Uh, one of the nice things uh, about the history of PJM is as a group of transmission owners, they can trace their roots of cooperation back to 1927 as a power pool. Okay. So they came to understand how to work with each other, and that was a good springboard to what ultimately became the independent system operator, where there's a centralized single dispatch across the full region that's able to optimize and, uh, the assets on a, on a broad network basis and take advantage of uh, the, the economies of scale and the diversity of, of resources, uh, diversity of weather. And um, without that single dispatch, um, I think, you know, that that is the impediment that stands in the way of, of geographical expansion. I made the point earlier this morning, there's only so much benefit you can get through coordination. At a certain point, um, the, the most efficient uh, outcome, you're only going to realize that by collapsing these uh, control area operators, transmission owners, um, not necessarily ownership of the assets uh, in PJM, they're still individually owned by a lot of different companies, but the control over them, the, the actual system operations and the dispatch is done in one place, our control room, across a broad area stretching from Chicago, Illinois, up to the New York, New Jersey border and down into the, to the Carolinas. That benefit of having one dispatch, um, I think, is, uh, is critical. So the next expansion or consolidation, the decision will have to be made, well, who's going to, who's going to be the dispatch yeah. agent uh, because... Uh, so not really a technical issue, but more a governance. It's a governance who, who and will political be issue. It's a yeah. governance both at a, a state level and then also from a corporate level. You know, companies giving up authorities or agreeing to cooperative, collective uh, exercise through an ISO. Um, and that, I think, is a, is, is a very legitimate differentiator between where we are in, uh, at least in PJM, as compared to Europe. And then I have one more question. Is like, you already brought it up uh, shortly. If there's one thing that you would like, or what you're thinking about changing in the system today in PGM, I've heard something about demand response, enabling. Mm. Mm. Uh, is that like the type of issues that you're dealing with today in terms of like making it better? Because it's not zonal or nodal. I mean, there are many di degrees well, they, yes. of implementation. Yes. Uh, when you're focused, as we are, in a, in a locational market price on the integrity of that price, then you really do examine, um, is it, are, are we getting the right price? Uh, is it a price that's reflecting the system operator's needs? Um, and are we pricing all attributes associated with generation, whether it's flexibility, inertia, uh, any of their operational values, are we, are we actually pricing them properly? So we spend a lot of time examining that question and you you know some of the non-convexities that we discussed uh, associated with the with this business striking the balance on where those uh, issues can be reflected in a clearing price versus where they need to stay out as an administrative uplift cost 
where that balance lies is a, is a point of, of regular debate at PJM. Uh, and again, because the price is so important. It's so important to uh, the operational needs in the short term and the investment decisions in the long term. So getting it right is critical. And then the role of, of different participation, uh, particularly as, as the industry transforms and uh, we have new players, alternate technologies, and we're asking for more out of a system. We're asking for no longer just a reliable system, at least cost, we're asking for it to be cleaner. Uh, so accommodating those types of interests. And so you mentioned demand response. Certainly, I think you know a lot of people say storage is the holy grail in the electricity industry. I think active demand response, real active uh, response where uh, customers are seeing prices in real time and making informed consumption decisions um, is would be a, another game changer, perhaps even a bigger game changer. Uh, so uh, one of the points I make in the, in the zonal and uh, versus nodal debate is if you really want to see local response uh, at the consumer level uh, and harnessing the kinds of technologies that that allow devices uh, in the household or in the business to respond to prices, you've got to get to having prices be local prices. You've got to have them at the, at the node. Uh, average price is not going to work if that's your vision. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us have that vision of wouldn't it be a wonderful world where technology has enabled us to, to make smart uh, consumption decisions at the retail level. Okay, that's very clear. I would thank you very much for this interview. Sure. Thank, thank you. Pleasure talking with you.